Hi, I'm Natalia. I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. This is Arnisha. I'm Generation X. I'm Micah, the boomer. We are Dame Talk. Hi, this is Molly. Today we have a guest dame on the episode. Um, Danny is joining us as our guest Gen Z. Danny, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. I am a gap year student right now. I just graduated from high school in 2019, and I'm currently working, and I'll be traveling with the group called Up With People um, 2020, the 2020 semester. I'll be traveling all across the United States, Canada, and Europe, performing um, in various like uplifting numbers. So thank you so much for having me. And oh, and I'll be attending Harvard. I'll be part of the class of 2024. So I'm super Woo-hoo! excited for that as well. That's great. Yeah, cool. And we are so excited to have you on the episode today. Um, we're going to be talking about advocating for yourself in the workplace. So dames, we'll kick it right off. Um, did you know that during the average business meeting, men do 75% of the talking? Um, we also know that only 58% of women said that they feel like they can voice an unpopular opinion at work without negative consequences. Well, you know what's weird about the 75% of men talking in meetings is that, not to be stereotypical, Mm -hmm. but most of the time it's women that talk in conversations. Like, we're known as the Mm -hmm. talkers, right? Men always say, oh, gosh, my wife or my, Mm -hmm. you know, where, you know, they talk so much. So we are, we tend to be more social and more talkative. So that would be odd that we don't take that's mm-hmm. odd that we don't take it to meetings and those exactly. types of situations. So I'm wondering what the dynamics are around that. See, I, I think some of it is at when you're around your friends and your family and you're talking, you're not worried about people judging you, right? Oh, right. You're just that's having true. a conversation. You can say whatever, and your family and friends will either agree or disagree with you, but they're not judging you. Yeah, right? that's true. When you're in the workplace, it's different. You know, it's different. If you think that somebody might go, "Oh my gosh, that was such a dumb question," or right. although people say there's no such thing as a stupid question, <laughs> how many times has somebody asked a question? And you're kind of in, the, in your mind going. <laughs> So I, I think a big part of it is you just, you know, you I think women probably even more so than men yeah. are just worried about being judged and also worried about not looking smart. Yeah. And that's uh Yeah. I would that's say that was, a, that's why I won't talk in a meeting. I'm yeah. a, I'll say, Oh, if I ask that, how will it you, you play out all these that's scenarios right. before you even put that's it on right. the table. Whereas men, they don't really care because they're moving on, they put it out there and that's right. You know, so I think that's probably confidence, which mm-hmm. yeah. So that's exactly where I was going to go. You guys led me right to it. Um, So, so much of it. And of course, speaking in a meeting isn't the same as necessarily speaking up for yourself or advocating for yourself, but they're all related. Right. Mm -hmm. It it could start there. Totally. Micah, you said in another episode about how you found more confidence over your, over your career. Um, And so you experience things differently in the workplace now than you did, you know, in your twenties or um, at other times. And so, I wanted to talk about this issue or this idea of confidence um, before we dive into kind of how we can use confidence to advocate for ourselves when we speak up. So for me, I um, can personally say that I seriously struggle with uh, imposter syndrome, this idea that uh, many women and and some men, but um, especially women, can face of questioning their their value Mm -hmm. um, in the workplace, questioning if they're good enough, questioning if they're smart enough. Um, and kind of a lot of times will hold back them from sharing their opinion um, uh, because they they don't want to be judged. They don't want to 
they don't, they don't want to feel like, or for me, and I totally understand this of feeling like somebody's going to find me out. Like, Ooh, Ooh. like I'm just sneaking through here. Like I'm not really in this job because I should be like, I'm just, Ooh, somebody's going to find out that I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. And like, and heaven forbid you don't know something, right? You feel like, Oh my gosh, I should know this, but we shouldn't know everything. It's okay to learn Mm -hmm. no matter what role or how old you are. But women, I think we feel like we need to be perfect and be able to do the job perfectly from day one to the day we leave. And that, kind of hinders and to your point Mm -hmm. really enhances the imposter syndrome feeling more than anything. We have to let that go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I felt a lot like that too when I was um, early in my career where I would go into meetings and I just would not say anything. And it would be a thousand thoughts going on in my head, but I wouldn't say anything. And one of my bosses started to encourage me and she was literally, I just asked me, so Anisha, what do you think? So Anisha, what do you think? And then eventually I started getting my voice and feeling more comfortable, you know, expressing the way I felt about different things or asking questions, right? Because you, even to ask a question, depending on the audience, can be really intimidating. It can be really intimidating because one, that means people find out you don't know something, which should be okay. But if you ask a question, that means people find out you don't know something, right? So I remember just being early on in my career, especially like in the first 10 to 15 years, just not almost not having a voice. It took me a long time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm the person that's going to ask the question and nobody else in the room wants to ask <laughs> because now I'm at a point like, well, right. I'm, I'm up yeah. there now. Yeah. So yeah. if I'm not going to ask the question now, you know, when am I going to do it? Right. You know, so. But how many times have you asked a question and somebody else says, yeah, I didn't know what that was either. Yeah. <laughs> often, often. You're like, oh, okay. Often, right. Everybody else just me, right? Everybody else is sitting here nodding their heads and nobody right. knows what, what this person's talking about. You're like, right. okay. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. So that's great. So how do we, how do we break out of that though? So you said, Arnisha, you said that you had, you had a boss who kind of would put you on the spot, would ask you, you know, what did you think and ask for your opinion? But how else can we like, how else do you all, build your confidence, practice speaking up, um, practice asking those questions? I think preparing. Like, it sounds funny, but if you prepare for a meeting before and and just know what the topic is, if there is a presentation, read the presentation before and maybe write down a few questions or a few comments and have them Mm pre-prepared until you then get confident enough where you don't have to have it. But sometimes just having those notes and saying, if nothing else, I'm going to say these three things or these three points during sometime during the meeting and make sure you do and then just start from there yeah I agree I think prep matters but I also think we have to advocate for ourselves in our personal lives as well you know some relationships you just kind of like I know I'm a mother's only child and I'm good and grown and I still will defer to her and just go okay whatever like okay <laughs> and my mom's like okay okay mom okay and I just let it go you know but I've over time I've gone okay these are the things that really really matter And these are the things that I'm going to push back on. Never in a disrespectful way, but I have to. Otherwise, I feel like I'm still seven years old. Well, I'm still eight years old, right? Because a mom is always a mom. Mm -hmm. I don't care how old you get. They're always going to treat you like they're they're baby. So I, I find that it's in a personal space, it's picking your battles and standing up for what really, really matters to you. Mm-hmm. You know, everything yeah. doesn't have to be a big old, you know, big old thing. But if you just pick your battles and stand up for what really matters, you get more confidence in your voice um, personally and professionally. I just, you know, I, I agree with Micah. And I also think it's just 
dipping your toe in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you, you push through your heart racing. I know for me, when I'm in a situation where I'm, I'm, I know I'm afraid to speak up, before I say anything, my heart is racing. Sometimes, like, I'll feel like myself, like, getting ready to sweat. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, almost, it's not anxiety, but I feel this tension before yeah. I ask that's a normal. question. It's like the you know? fight or flight. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to push through this yeah. and I'm going to ask the question no matter what. And what, you know, what you often find is that except in the most hostile environments, people listen. They ask, they answer your questions and they want to respond. They want you to be a part of the, of the dialogue. So in that case, I, you know, I, I just push through it. Yeah. yeah. And I guess in the workplace, the I think you said that, Arnish, I think you said that it was really helpful when people asked you what you thought, mm-hmm. like especially starting out when you didn't really want to initiate that conversation yourself. Like, it's good to remember, like, ask what other people think, too, because it kind of promotes collaboration and it makes them feel like people want to hear them and that can help them out, too. That's right. Oh, that's true. So we could take responsibility to bring someone else along. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a good yeah. idea. It is. So that's not always about you. Yeah, right. right. Totally. And I think, and I think for, for me, it's always been easier to kind of like speak up for somebody else or speak up for myself. So like I have found myself in situations where, you know, maybe we're, there are a few of us and we're frustrated over something (laughs) on the team. Um, Or, you know, we're just confused by, you know, the strategy or what's going on in the larger organization. And we, you know, we need to ask those tough questions. We got to speak up. And so I have before, um, several times, been the one who does that on behalf of the group. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and so that, for some reason, to me, is less feels less intimidating when I'm speaking on the behalf of a group or, like, I know that there's a there's my team out there who's, who's you know, also wanting to know the same thing and, and we're kind of, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to speak up, ask the questions. But then when it comes to me, so then if we translate this then into our own self and how we advocate for ourselves, whether it's for a raise or if it's just to work on a project that you want to work on um, or you're working with your boss and it's not going well um, to actually speak up and say something, that's where I, I have a hard time. You know, I don't want to I don't want to take credit for something that like is a team effort, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of women fall into of this idea of saying we a lot. Mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm, done yeah, this. We've yeah, done yeah, this yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. actually like owning. No, right. I did this. I did, like, right. this is what I have done. This is what I contributed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those kind of spaces where then we get into being your individual and kind of owning that, mm-hmm. um, I think is where I still struggle. But certainly, like, it's been helpful to practice that on the behalf of other people as like advocating for others who. I know don't feel comfortable doing it and then trying to translate that to myself <laughs> when I want to do you, it as well. Have you been able to? I think at times. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I think I've gotten mixed, mixed responses yeah. when I have, which is always, you know, yeah. then it makes it difficult to keep doing it if it, you know, doesn't, doesn't go so well mm-hmm. um, the first few times. But one of the things that I'm really trying to be careful about is my, my use of language. And so like, I think language has a lot, of power um and so just trying to recognize these different moments of like am i saying we when i really mean i mm-hmm. and then vice versa am i saying we when it really should be about the team um but kind of recognizing those places that you can just start plugging yourself in and really like owning the work that you've that you've done um and whether or not anyone else notices that it feels it makes me feel more confident because mm. i can actually point to 
what I have accomplished and what I'm bringing to the team, which helps kind of fight that imposter syndrome a little bit. Yeah. Well, kudos to you, first of all, for standing up for other people. That's not an easy thing to do. I think that's harder. I completely agree. It's much, much harder. You know, my husband is that way, and I tease him and call him a defender of the universe. You know, the people that (laughs) are always willing to stand up for everybody else, you know? You guys are defenders of the universe. But that's a a big responsibility to take on, and a lot of people don't do it. So seriously, Mm -hmm. kudos to you for that. Um, But as far as your own taking up for your yourself, just remember that if nobody's going to do it better than you can, right? Nobody knows what you've done more than you do. Nobody knows how successful you've been at certain things than you do. So when it's time for you to get recognition for things, make sure you get the recognition. It's okay. It's not like, it's not an imposter syndrome. I'm sure you have a computer full of work that demonstrates that you clearly have put in the work, right? Mm -hmm. You have an uncountable number of meetings and just things that you can always just think about and refer back to and remember that, Hey, you know, I really, I really put in this work, Mm -hmm. you know, I did this. So it's okay to accept, you know, to accept applause, to accept any, what's the word I'm looking for? To accept any the recognition. Yeah. Recognition. Yeah. It's completely fine when you, you've done it, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and remember that you have, because you deserve to get, you know, you deserve to get that for it. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, you do. You really do. <laughs> You're like, tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. <laughs> that Monday running. But I also um, think, when I think of advocating for yourself, it's usually means it's a negative situation. It's something mm. negative is happening, right? You're not advocating because all things are going well, because right. then you don't have to advocate. Right. So that's when you have to one be sure that this is something and I think you mentioned this Arnisha that you is worth fighting for right mm-hmm. so you can't advocate for everything right. meaning you can't to me I, I I think of advocating as in standing up for or fighting for something mm-hmm. um you, you want to make sure you are strategic about it so that people will listen like wait a minute she doesn't normally you know have this kind of response so we need to listen and, and think about why this person is coming to me with a challenge. Um, like for me personally, I had a um, situation where I got a review and one of the, one of the ratings was not what I deserved. And I knew that, mm-hmm. I mean, I knew how much I'd worked that year to your mm-hmm. point. Like I'd worked my ass off and I was really mad. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't believe I, I liken it to someone just throwing you under a truck because mm-hmm. somebody, it, the way it works is you have to, not everybody can get the same rating and somebody has to get lows for somebody else to get high. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times you might become the sacrificial lamb because somebody else is liked more, more popular mm-hmm. or, you know, but to me, they weren't smarter. They weren't working any harder, mm-hmm. but it came down to more of a popularity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally, I had a meeting with the managers and HR, and I listened throughout the whole meeting. I didn't say a lot. I mean, I made comments, and but I really listened and wrote down everything. And then I had my rebuttals for everything they said. And I like took the time, because that's the other thing. Sometimes it will take time away from whatever for you to really be thoughtful in how you respond to something. So I had to go back and respond to every comment, every, you know, from that meeting, as well as from my review. And 
HR changed my rating because they recognized that this was not what it was supposed to be. I had documentation of all the work that I had done. And um, fortunately, I got a good positive result. But what happened is the relationships that I had with the manager was damaged, right? Because now I'm Mm -hmm. making them look bad, like Mm -hmm. they made a bad decision, which they did. But I had to live with that. And I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's a great example. And I'm so glad that HR came to their senses. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Right, because it has a long-term effect. When you yeah. have the, somebody looks at your records, there's a long-term effect there. They don't know that like it was... System. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. yeah, they just look, read what they say, and then they move on and make a judgment. And mm-hmm. I wasn't having it. Yeah. Good for you. I think it definitely takes a lot of confidence to speak up, especially after the decision has already been made and it was a mistake, and then you have to make someone look bad. Um, the, I guess thinking about keeping track of things, like keep track of things for yourself, all the stuff that you've overcome and things that you've contributed to, and make sure like you're keeping track of it kind of for other people too, to kind of stay on top of it so they don't overlook, I guess, what you're doing. Like right. like kind of to prevent a situation like that, which can be hard. That's right. Right. Yeah, documentation is yeah. key. Is which people key. don't, but it takes extra work. It does. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. a lot of times people don't want to do it, but when you need it, you're, you'll be glad that you kept Mm-hmm. you know, copious notes and records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you, you know what, it, when I, when I really think about it, it's no surprise that women just don't advocate for themselves as much as men do, right? That statistic isn't surprising. And if you think about the way we raise our girls, unfortunately, right? If a girl says a lot, you know, a guy might be perceived as assertive, a girl is aggressive, right? right. If a girl is speaking up and saying what she wants, she's bossy, right? And right. It, it's it's those things that happen even when you're younger that you take into your adulthood, yeah, right? True. So when you're in a setting, when you 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 step into a meeting environment and you don't want to, I know for me, I can naturally, I can be confrontational, just naturally. You know, I, I've, I'm always the one with the mouth. When I was younger with the mouth, I had to clap back. That was always me, right? So in the workplace, I've really dialed it back a lot because I don't want to come off as being confrontational. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to go toe for toe. Right. You don't want to go toe for toe. That's right. not professional, yeah. right? right? So I've had to, to learn how to um, make my points without seeming like I'm arguing, Um, right? But still make a point how to ask questions without making it seem like I'm pointing the finger at someone to make them look like they don't know. You know, it's, it's tough because there are so many, there's a lot of baggage that comes up with being raised as a girl in certain ways, right? That you, once you become a woman, you have to start to backtrack on some of those things and say, it's all right. If I, it's okay if I show my passion in this meeting that I'm passionate Mm -hmm. about this, He's showing his passion about it, right? Why should I be looked at any differently? Right. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, there's no surprise that we don't advocate for ourselves. But I, one of the um, things that I, I'm drawing a blank on, I think she's the CEO of, um, is it, I, I, I don't want to, I forget, Yahoo or whatever. She wrote a book called Lean In. Oh, yeah. And I forget what, where she works, but what I, um, Facebook. Facebook. Okay, I knew right. Yes, I think it is Facebook. Cheryl Sandberg. <coughs> yes. Is it Facebook? Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think Molly's right. What I what I liked most about that entire book, what I took my takeaway from it was that we kind of as women live on like the outskirts or we're watching everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. We're watching. And her point was when you finally get a chance to be at the table, don't sit back and observe. You lean in and jump in and become a part of it, you know? And for me, that was just such a 
it sounds like it's a simple thing to do, but it was just such a, a smart thing to advise other women in business. Like, don't sit on the outskirts and observe. You lean in and become a part of the discussion. You know, be a part of who's making a, making the decisions and you know, calling the shots. So, yeah, I like the lean in term because I, yeah. I said I'm leaning into my age. Right, like it's it should be something that's good. That's something that people admire as opposed to something that. Oh my gosh, I'm getting old now. And, you know, in the workplace, the ageism piece, Mm -hmm. um, which we'll do a podcast on. Um, But, you know, when I like using that term, I'm like, I'm leaning into my age. It means I'm wise. It means I know a lot. So um, I want others to be able to appreciate that. So I have to appreciate it first. I can't shy away from it. Yeah, right. That's right. And I haven't read the book, but I've heard the term lean into discomfort. Mm-hmm. And I think people use it a lot when at first something feels like, maybe this isn't right. Maybe my heart's beating. It feels like risky. But the more you do it, you're kind of retraining your mind and your body to respond right. to it as if it's a good thing. That's and, then, right. and that's what comes across as confidence in the workplace. When you see people asserting themselves regularly, like they've built that. That's right. That's right. It's like a muscle. Mm-hmm. That's right. It is. Well, great. Well, this has been really helpful for me. Um, and I been kind of jotting down some of our tips and things that we've talked about. So um, when we're talking about finding confidence, speaking up for yourselves, whether that's in a meeting or if that's advocating for yourself in a difficult situation, um, prepare. So always go into, go into a meeting, go into a, a discussion with your thoughts planned out, whether that's writing them down or thinking them through them, whatever it works. Um, for me, that's writing it out. Um, set a goal. So I love to make the idea of, you know, if you have three points that you want to make in a meeting, make sure you get those three points across. Um, if you don't get in the meeting, then following up. Um, I think it's great. Uh, practicing confidence in your personal life. Arnisha, you mentioned that. Love that as well. It's so much easier to do that with your friends and family mm-hmm. than, you know, right. coworkers. So totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think helping others speak up. So sitting in that room and if you are you do feel comfortable to speak up make sure that you're bringing uh, other women along with you. Mm-hmm. Um, pick your battles. I think is a good, yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. It is. Like we, <laughs> we got to be smart about right, it. Yeah. Right. Um, I think don't be afraid to show your passion is great. Um, lean in and lean into discomfort. Mm-hmm. Another really good one. And then I think all of this feels like it's really around like be afraid. That's okay to be afraid, uh, but do it anyway. Right. That's right. right. You know, move past the fear. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like lean into that fear for, you know, diving into the Mm -hmm. the metaphor. But yeah. So be afraid, but do it anywhere. I can just say one little thing, one little thing, please. And if you have any influence on a younger girl, make sure you ask her opinion, encourage her to speak up, encourage her. Because if it's something that starts at a young age, by the time she's in her early 20s, she's not learning mm-hmm. to do that, right? She's already in the habit of sharing her thoughts, telling what she likes and what she doesn't like. Just start, if you have any influence on a young girl, just ask her opinion. Get her to talk. Get her to express how she feels about different things. Because once she's working and she's in the workforce, it'll be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I think that's Great. good, helping others. Yeah. Especially the younger generation, which is yeah. why we have four generations sitting right. here at this table. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Great. Well, thank you, James. Um, and uh, thank you listeners for tuning in. And of course, come back for more, more episodes coming up. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. 
To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough.